1: Back in the studio, baby. back in the studio, Joe, back in here, and uh, tremendous amount of things happening in the world of poker. Uh, we have a new state with online poker on the way. Passed the laws, passed and uh, was not vetoed, so uh, West Virginia will be joining the ranks of online poker soon and may get to uh, deal there hand before Pennsylvania, which is uh, dragging,
0: dragging their feet, huh? dragging
1: their feet a little bit, uh, trying to make sure supposedly that everybody has a fair chance to su- succeed. And trying to get things set up. They had hoped to be uh, in there by Mar- the end of March, but they were not.
0: Yeah, well, and I don't know. I think you mentioned a few months ago when they were first trying to work this out, wasn't it? A, a, and Which has happened here in Florida when the slot machines came in, kind of a very high tax rate on it. On it, and Pennsylvania
1: was high. I don't know if they've changed that thought or not, but they're still working on that. And uh, West Virginia, I'll give you some of the details in just a moment here, but uh, Michigan, uh, which. Passed the law in their legislature at the end of uh, 2018. But the governor vetoed it? But the governor vetoed it at the very last second before he left office. Uh, Fortunately for Michiganders, uh, the new governor, uh, Grace Whitmer, I believe her name is, is, said she would uh, sign the bill if it came through again. So they had to start up from scratch and come up with a whole other bill. And they did. So uh, they're working on that. So Michigan could be uh, right behind Uh, a few other states uh, that have introduced Internet... uh, Sports betting. Uh, are probably uh maybe uh farthest along, so we'll see what happens. The big states, California, New York, Texas. Well not, Texas is not a good example because they'll probably never get it, but Florida I guess would be included among those. Well, Certainly someday we'll have it, but uh nothing
0: in sight. I'm I'm hearing that with uh with the session I don't know if it's already started or just about to start here in Florida. It's underway. It's underway. That they they may be um Hearing this from pretty good sources that they or may be working decoupling? towards the sports, not decoupling, but the, the, the sports betting. Yeah, I heard, I heard that, was, that was advancing. And uh, you know, so that that would be very interesting here in the state of Florida if if that occurs and Parimutuels can uh, you know can strike deals.
1: Yeah, we'll see what happens. That uh, that would be very exciting, but a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I spent most of the day yesterday over at the Seminole Hard Rock where they finished up their Seminole Turnpike series, which we'll talk about. Um, good friend of the show who's been on several times, Carlo Rodriguez, was the winner eventually. And I did an interview with him uh, before day two started. Uh, I guess it was about 11 o'clock. No, it was about noon, uh, actually. Uh, sometime around there before I went to work. And uh, he was the chip leader going in. So I got a chance to interview him a good, good portion. Uh, we talked about... Uh, his travel to the Bahamas for the PCA, where he had won a platinum pass, the thirty thousand dollar package for a twenty five thousand dollar buy-in, five thousand for travel, and competed over there in the Bahamas. How did he
0: win that package?
1: Uh, he actually won with a drawing. He was oh, one of the. Oh, so he was just for, every, well for every entry in the tournaments at the Hard Rock, you got an entry into the drawing, and he won the drawing. So I think the Seminoles gave away three. Uh, platinum passes if i'm not mistaken and of course there was over 300 altogether but he had a great time over there and i hadn't talked to him since he got back so i wanted to talk to him about that and it just so turns out he was leading the chip counts going into the final day of this tournament and uh headed back after work and was he was this at their the main th- event this yeah. was the main event of the turnpike series uh
0: Oh, that's the one where they they had two fifty. They had the uh, cocoa and coconut
1: creek had six opening sessions simultaneously with the Seminole Hard Rock, and then day two was uh, yesterday on Sunday at uh, the Seminole Hard Rock to finish.
0: So they were running the satellites similar, which is good because not satellites
1: uh, actually opening. I mean, excuse me,
0: opening sessions. To get to that, yeah, that's pretty cool. Because I thought it was cool. No, and hard I Rock kick, take the south, and and uh, obviously right. uh, Coconut Creek takes the north players. Well, I you thought they travel as far.
1: I thought, uh, and I and I talked to a guy that lives in uh, that made the final table that lives in Deerfield Beach, and he said, you know, I play at the at in Hollywood, but I also play more at Coconut Creek. So when they had him at both places, much more convenient me—a five-minute drive to over for him over to the uh, Coconut Creek Casino. So they, people were very happy, and I asked him about um, the skill of the players. Would you think that the Coconut Creek players were a little bit less skilled than the ones who regularly play at the Hard Rock? He just said he didn't think so either. So uh, he said that wasn't much difference there, nor did he really realize. But at the final six, only one was had qualified at Coconut Creek. The rest were all from the Hard Rock in, in Hollywood. Anyway, um, as it turns out, uh, Carlo... When they were down to six players, they uh, talked chop, and they couldn't arrive at it. No, at seven. At seven, they talked chop, and they couldn't arrive on one. Carlo was one of the people that didn't really want to chop at that point. Uh, but it's an interesting story, and I talk about it in this interview, which we'll play a little bit later in the show. He didn't
0: want to chop? He was the only he, one?
1: He wasn't the only one, but there was one other that was kind of unsure. So they decided to keep playing. But at the time, they were all pretty even in chips. There was an older lady named Jennifer David... Uh, in her 70s, maybe maybe even 80, uh, but she she was the chip leader for much of the final table. She would have gotten let's see she would have gotten 36,000 in prize money, and the rest I think four of the other seven were all right around 28,000. So everybody wanted to do it except like Carlo and the one other guy at the last second decided not to. But at one point he wanted to also. So they decided to go back and play, and eventually two more players were eliminated. and Carlo went from 28000 payoff to forty-one for winning the title. So he picked right. up an extra thirteen grand. He could have ended up getting 13000 for being eliminated in right. seventh. Well, so that,
0: that's why they that probably was all risk. wanted it. the That because was the risk. That 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 was That was the risk. That was the That was that usually pushes the the people in the right direction, especially since you said most of them were even. Right. And I'm sure I bet you if that lady had given up a little bit more of of her chips, you know, I mean, of her cash out, I'm you know, I'm sh- I'm, I'm assuming she's not a professional player right. at that right. age. They might have even reached in a deal at that point, you know.
1: Well, she was the one that actually lost a little money by the the play continuing. She ended up getting thirty one thousand instead of thirty six. Well, to so be honest so with you, that's not, not, not bad. a bad. That's, no. You know, and she was it was she said by far it was her. That most money she had ever made at a poker tournament, so uh, she was very happy and she played well. Uh, she got lucky on a couple of rivered flushes uh, that uh, would have eliminated her if she didn't get the card she needed. But
0: uh, you know, it happens. And uh, we've overall, seen that in the main event where yeah. people get lucky on the, on the last card, and, and then go on to win the the tournament, absolutely.
1: So, so anyway, we'll talk uh, with Carlo. I had I did two interviews uh, before and after and uh i you know it's it's not a huge tournament in the scope of things that we cover here on the program well,
0: you'll forgive me dave what was the buy in the buy in
1: was 250
0: okay. $250 that's very reasonable for their main event
1: right so uh but it, it, we had special access with carlobi that i knew him and he was willing to talk about hands and i do want you to hear some of his discussion about a couple of hands toward the end of play and get your thoughts on it and uh you know we had all the stuff to talk about from the uh, Bahamas and uh and the stuff he went through there. So uh Did he
0: have success in the Bahamas? He
1: did not cash. Uh he made it to day 2 but did not cash. All right. So we'll get to that in just a bit a little bit. Uh I also want to talk about uh real briefly the Isle Casino which is uh in their main event of the Battle of the Beaches, Battle at the Beaches. Uh, And they are moving into day two. They start today around noon uh, with their day two. I don't think there's a blogger there, so I don't have any updates on chips. But heading into play today, T.K. Miles, uh, originally from Tallahassee, now lives down here. He is the chip leader. Joey Cooden, who's also won several big tournaments over at the aisle, is second going into today. And uh, uh, that was a uh, $1,500 buy-in. With a guarantee of 300k, so they just barely made the uh, guarantee. From what so I can they got, tell. about they
0: 200, p- a little over 200 people. Yeah, they had.
1: Uh, I Maybe don't that. have the number here, but I think it was like 2 223 or something. I was just like going to
0: say, yeah, with that making some money on it, it probably was a little about three, three. I mean, two fifteen to two twenty.
1: Right. Uh, Ryan Gianquity uh, had a nice chip count into today. Steve Karp is doing well. 175 thousand chips going We've been into today. In
0: Steve's name he's a been, lot.
1: He's been playing well. Uh, Athanasius uh, Polychronopoulos uh, right there at 161k and Chris Bolek, uh doing doing fairly well he has uh, 109,000 chips going into today probably in about 20th place Phil Wee, Lonnie Harwood uh, Josh Hillock Chad Evisladge, Sheldon Gross some of the other names of uh, players playing in that today so uh, if we get getting any updates we'll pass those longer in the show otherwise we'll have the uh, results next week Uh, Let's go back to this uh, West Virginia thing because I do want to just discuss a little bit. It kind of came out of the blue because, and I I think that's a a little bit, in a little um, aspect, that's a good sign because it's not a huge deal anymore, you know, where the government's going to, you know, so worried about stopping online poker. I mean, of course, the Sheldon Adelson people are out there, and uh, there are efforts to, to change things, but... Uh, To be honest, uh, you know, it's slowly grinding its way along, and slowly, if
0: we can add a couple states every year, I think we're in good shape. Yeah, and and to be honest with you, Dave, you know, looking back at everything, you know, uh, the reason DOJ got involved in this was the backhandedness of how people were doing this, you know, how they were, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, not supplementing uh, a going behind the ruling from 2006. Right, trying uh, to reverse it. Well, trying to get around the the depositing and all of that, which they were doing where... Oh, oh, for
1: uh, the UIGE. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. exactly, and then that was the big thing, and, and, you know, apparently they caught the one guy who came up with the theme of, you know, and I'm not going to lie to you, you know, when I would deposit money... They would take it through one of my credit cards, and they would say, "Okay, golf well, this balls. is this is good. exactly <laughs> golf balls, uh, you know, whatever, Flowers. you know." And, th- and they would charge you, you know, with a cent in it, so it wouldn't look like, "Okay, it's, you know, this this is obviously being deposited into some sort of account." And the person who apparently came up with that idea got nailed for it, and and then, you know, listen, you start doing that to the government when they know that you've been just blatantly, you know. You know, going over what, whatever the laws are, and and they came down very hard on them, and and you know, look how long it has taken. What's it been? Almost nine years yeah. now. Yeah amazing. We, we were complaining about holding out for Longer a year. Remember <laughs> how the players going to hold out for a year? 2006. So it's ma- 13 years ago. Well, that was UEFA, but when Black Friday occurred, I think it was Black 2000, was
1: 2011.
0: T- was it 2000? Yeah. So, so, so we're looking. So it's going to be eight years now, and, and, and in fourteen days, in yeah, two right. weeks. Exactly. Exactly. Uh,
1: Virginia, uh, West Virginia, I should say, uh, becomes the fifth state. Uh, they had a bill in their uh, House of Representatives. And uh, it passed. It went to the Senate. The bill was overwhelmingly passed by the Senate. So it went to the governor. He had two weeks, 15 days, to uh, either veto it or sign the legislation. He did neither. either. So uh, when that time goes by, uh, the bill becomes law. Uh, so that's exactly what happened last Wednesday. And they will now have different online gaming, including uh, online slots and online uh, other games as well. Uh, there will be five online gaming licenses allowed in the state. Uh, Only land-based brick-and-mortar casinos will be eligible to receive them. Uh, It will cost $250,000 for a five-year license, and the license can be renewed every five years for an additional $100,000. So we'll see what happens. The tax is 15%, which I think is fair. Um, that's that's much less than what they were talking about in Pennsylvania. very, very fair,
0: to be honest with you. Of course, you have to be
1: 21 or older to play. Um, Maybe one of the first ones will be poker stars involved with El Dorado Resorts. El Dorado, I think, recently purchased the aisle. So uh, they are uh, big around the country. They own the Mountaineer Casino, Racetrack. And uh, there are other places. Uh, There is a Mardi Gras Casino there, which was owned by the same people that owned the one down here. Uh, Hollywood Casino at Charlestown, uh, the Casino Club at the Greenbrier, and Wheeling Island are the other four casinos in the state. So they'll be forming partnerships uh, obviously with other major operators that are already in the business in order to get their uh, casino open. But they do say it is unlikely that they will commingle pools with another state in the beginning because of the uh, Department of Justice opinion on the Wire Act, which is in flux right now.
0: Yeah, until they get clear standing on that, but you know, uh, we well we've heard we've heard opinions on both sides yeah, of, that, exactly. of that argument. So uh,
1: they will be blackjack, online slots, as I mentioned, not other online virtual table games available uh, for people in the mountain state. Um, online poker will be added as well. So that's what we're interested in, and uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, they're talking about 2020 finally getting it underway. So we're talking about a year or so, and we'll see what happens. But uh, they do have uh plans in place to uh move forward and uh very happy to hear that
0: yeah it, like you said five states not a, it doesn't seem like a whole lot but all of a sudden over the last less than a year we've had two states join you know Nevada New Jersey and Delaware so right exactly that that's a, I, I, like you said i believe that's a great move that uh, the states are doing that and kind of you know letting the federal government know i hey, listen We'll handle this over here, which hopefully going down the line, you know, the federal government will just set up guidelines and, uh, and make it that much easier for the states to 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 approve this.
1: Uh, Rick Snyder was the governor in Michigan that uh, uh, vetoed the Michigan bill. Uh, they had to start from scratch, but that legislation is working its way through their general, general assembly now. Gretchen Whitmer is the name of the new governor. She said she'll sign a new gaming legislation. Uh, the funny thing about Rick Snyder is he was leaving office. And had made every indication that he was going to sign the bill, and then said right before he left office he hadn't been studied
0: it fully, which was why he vetoed. Yeah, well, that's that. That to me is 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 politician talk for saying I'm going to screw some well, some of the people who supported this bill who didn't support me. Not only that, but uh,
1: he didn't want to take the heat from his side of the legislature, his shot, his side of the aisle, if it.
0: Yeah, uh, but. If, if he it was being voted out, unless he's got, you know, obviously he may want to be a senator or a congressman from that state. So, like you said, uh, these governors use, very rarely sign their names to any gaming uh, legislation that passes in any state because they don't want to be tied to it. they yeah. Their quick, their go-to answer is, well, you know, the, the public, your senators, your state senators and state congressmen, you know, uh, assemblymen wanted this, and you know, I didn't veto it, because they overwhelmingly wanted this, but I didn't put my name on it, that's how they protect themselves for for any future runs at government when people are up against the, the anti-gambling bill.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, anyway, uh, it's definitely a move forward, we'll keep an eye on exactly what's happening, and try to give you a better idea of when they might uh, open their uh, windows at the uh, online, uh, on your computer next door, and uh, get that underway. Uh, Let's take our first break on the show. When we come back, we'll hear from uh, the champion of the Turnpike Series, the Seminole Turnpike Series, Carlo Carlo Rodriguez, and uh, our talk with him before the final day, and then after the end of the final day. So we'll start with that when we come back. You're listening to Poker Action Line, coming to you from South Florida, and we'll be back with more of the show after this. This
0: is Poker Action Line.
2: Oh, that? that's my time machine.
1: Does it work?
2: Sure. Just hit this button.
0: Whoa! Dinosaurs. Cool.
2: Or we can go here. Hey, that's Napoleon. <coughs>
1: or we can go to the future. Wow! Hey, you have this nice house. Do I have a nice house? No, you didn't save any money. Always spent it on vacations and stuff. If only there was a way I could go back in time and correct that bad habit. Yep. Okay, the time machine is not real. But the saving thing is. Get in the habit of putting some of your money in savings each week through a 401k, savings account, or financial investments. Put away a few bucks, feel
2: like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy tips on saving, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org.
1: What does this crazy little button do? Wait, no!
0: This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. WFO Radio NHRA Nitro is all about the NHRA Drag Racing Series. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events. NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO Radio application and at WFORadio.com
1: Welcome back to the show. Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez. Uh, Joe, uh, you can always... Stop by the Casino Miami and see him on the floor over there, as he is uh, working as a floor director. Uh, I guess that's what you call it, floor shift, shift manager. Shift manager. Okay.
0: I went from poker director manager to shift manager. So, so I'm just happy if you to want be to back. stop
1: by and say hello. You can do that as well, and you can uh, see me at a lot of different tournaments. Uh, I have had some people come up to me that uh, recognize me from the show and. Uh, and ask me a few questions, so it's it's uh, been fun the last few times I've been out. Uh, I did want to mention the World Poker Tour season, which is uh, kind of in the s- final straights. Uh, they come to the Seminole Hard Rock in just uh, a matter of a f- couple of days. I guess l- this weekend starts the series, uh, April the 4th, and then the main event will be the 12th through the 16th, so I'll be covering that, obviously. Uh, but as we do the show here later this week, they will kick off that opening event, and there will be a lot of big-name players. I was walking around yesterday, and uh, uh, you see a lot of players that you recognize from Florida, but uh, the big national names will all be here uh, probably by the end of the week. And so if you're a poker fan, uh, you can walk around, and it's kind of cool. You know, you walk and see big I haven't players. been
0: to any of those big ones like that. How, how's, like, the viewing section for people? I mean... It, do they have well, it set up I know for final tables they set up stages and they bring in yeah, seats and everything uh, else. Like
1: this tournament yesterday it was just the regular mostly the regular cash games and then the one area was for the tournament and then when I went back at night there was only two tables left. So they were right in the middle of the room. Uh when they set up the thing here they do have a few uh stanchions set up around the edge so that the average fan can't walk right up to the edge of the table, but you can get within four or five feet of a t- any table and uh, see the players you want to see. So uh, if is, you're a fan, it, cause that's I know you're the taking rounds.
0: these interviews at the very beginning of these big tournaments or like in day one, day right. two of these 1,000-plus entry tournaments, and I, I've, I've been meaning to ask you this, and for some reason I always forget, how is it like with the casual fan, you know, that's that's looking to see – you know a Daniel Hi, Legrano, I think, they, uh, I think some they of d- some of these guys that when the November 9 you two years in a row didn't we interview the winner uh, yeah, uh, well in August when they came down right
1: here? but the uh well, that's, I do have some press access that, that allows me an easier chance to talk to these people. But do you see the regular fans? Like, I h- do. How close well, do they get to see? I think you, you, you don't see You can get within four or five feet of a table. Them. Really? Uh, if it's on the edge. If it's out in the middle of play, in the then, middle of the ballroom, you can't yeah, walk So they're not there. letting,
0: obviously, I didn't think they would let right. people walk around. But if someone has to cross the room... Do they make them, you know, walk around? They're not
1: super uh, strict with it, uh, you know, unless people get out of hand. Yeah, unless somebody's
0: there, you know, gawking at cards. But also the
1: players come out of the ballroom uh, during a break, uh, a 15-minute break or a dinner break, and and head down the hallways into the uh, other restaurants out and maybe go out around the pool or something. And you can see a lot of people up close, and I'm sure that you that as long as you're respectful, I think you can approach some of these players and talk to them.
0: And the reason I ask this, Dave, is because, you know, I've I've seen a lot of stars, like movie stars and stuff like that, and I've never been one of these people to bother anybody, and I've seen some of them in restaurants, and, you know, I've never been anyone. Listen, I I respect their privacy and their, you know, their family and personal time. Um, My wife is one of these magnets that anywhere we've traveled in the world, she has seen, you know, Unbelievable! And I don't know how she finds them, but they're always there. And she's like, "Oh my God!" And she's screaming, and I'm like, "Calm down." My thing with poker was, and I'm trying to remember how many years ago, and it had to be the late '90s, maybe early 2000. And I was at the New Orleans. I went to play in a tournament there, and they must have been finishing up something else. And obviously, being in the poker world, reading card player, and I'm walking down the aisle, and that's uh, going to one of their uh, ballrooms, and that's when I saw Doyle Brunson. Right, and I didn't say anything to him, you know. But I got to admit, as a you know, as a poker being the po- I wa- I was like, oh my god, I'm yeah. seeing the you know the famous Doyle Brunson, the Super System, you know, Hall of Fame you know poker player, and then to realize. What a big man he is physically yeah, he is a large man you know it was it, 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 that probably in the poker world's the closest thing i 've come to uh being like that because we 've had the grinder who 's had right. great success, you know and I, I was happy to see him, but you know, didn't do yeah. didn 't do much for me, yeah,
1: well, the average I would say that most players are fairly friendly uh, you know of course i 'm wearing a media badge, and uh, but usually when I call a player 's name to talk to them, I go introduce myself. And uh, some will be very nice about giving an interview. Some may may not feel that comfortable doing it. So uh, they're all different. Uh, you know, it depends. You got to realize it's their personal time too, away from the table. When they're out, they have to go to the bathroom or go get something to eat. So you know, you try to respect that as well.
0: And and let me tell you, Dave. And not because I'm your partner, I've I've, I've had the honor of being sitting next to you for nine years now, doing this show and seeing tremendous interviews. And I know that you've mentioned this on the show before. I I spoke to them after they've been knocked out of a tournament. Yeah, that's the toughest part. And I know that's really tough. And, you know, for the most part, most of these people have been pretty friendly with you. Some give you more time than others. But I don't think you've mentioned anybody who kind of really brushed you off harsh. Uh, It happened. It may have happened, but you really haven't mentioned it. You know, And I know you don't want to probably put out a name out there, but have you had... Quote, one of the big names, yeah, yeah. you know, blow yeah. me off.
1: Yeah. I yeah, mean, sure. in
0: a nasty way or just, I'm sorry, uh, I just can't do this now?
1: Hellmuth is not particularly all that friendly. Uh, you know, some of the big names will be, they'll be kind about it. They might say, I have to do something. If you wait, you know, till I have to go to the bathroom. When I come back, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a couple of minutes. Uh, but they're all different. And usually what happens is uh, the bigger name stars will not make eye contact A guy like Ivy is like impossible to.
0: Yeah, he doesn't even want you to get his attention. Right. He's just
1: so most of the players, if they're if they're by themselves, they are either on the phone. Or they are, uh, you know, they have their head down, or they're looking away. They don't make eye contact. But normally, they're with a, several other of their friends, poker playing friends, and they're in the conversation. So you can't just butt in and 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 stop them. Okay. So they're talking about hands and things like that. So you got
0: to kind of wait your time. Yeah, they're analyzing things. They're exactly. looking. they you know they're, they're they're trying to adjust their game from their friends that they respect their opinions on and everything else. Has anyone? And I, I should have asked you this many years ago. And I know that we don 't run that type of show, and you know uh, a negativity show try to go on certain things, but as anybody that you 've interviewed that you know that uh, not on the show, obviously because i 'm here, but that you 've interviewed that I said yeah i don 't mind doing the interview, but don 't ask me about this situation
1: yeah, you kind of get a feeling in fact sometimes this is one of the interesting things is a lot of times guys will be hesitant to do an interview and then I won't even know a situation or something I might like a week later I might read something and I'll say oh no wonder he didn't want to talk he thought I might ask him about that but I try not to be too controversial you know I a lot of people will put them on the spot or try to embarrass them because they think it's good radio I I don't think that does anything for me especially for the future we've
0: never been like that and I and I can recall the few incidences where we've had guests and you've even you know Preface this by saying, hey, listen, I know this is not a thing, but I just want to touch on this. Right. And, you know, I might ask they were them before kind the interview. Enough, I, might, you know,
1: I might even say, you know, can you talk about this or that? I did that with Kristen Bicknell, uh, who had just been through that uh, situation with her boyfriend Alex Foxen, where they had three people left at the table, and they had the chip lead, and supposedly uh, they, he, they were being accused of underplaying a couple of hands uh, to help their. Uh, her boyfriend-slash-girlfriend. I asked her ahead of time, I said, will you talk about that? She said, yeah, and I said, I think you were treated unfairly, and I kind of made her feel comfortable about it. Uh, One of the things that always makes me feel good is when someone, I, I think they get interviewed by so many people, especially someone like Linda Johnson or Mike Sexton, are two people that I've interviewed, and I sat down and they gave me the time and when the interview finished, I said, that was a, that was one of the best interviews I've ever done.
0: She said that. And listen, she's been phenomenal. And we've, what, three, four times right. in our nine yeah, years absolutely. with her. You know, uh, Mike Sexton, I know, was on once. You know, he's great. And, you know, like I said, I tell people this not because he's my partner, but he does such a wonderful job with the interviews and everything else. Dave may not get all the poker information that I always ask him for on time, but he's done that. And I think that you do make people comfortable, and like I said, outside of we won't mention the name, but the one interview that we cut that we literally <laughs> cut short after less than five minutes because the person i don't even know why he came on the show yeah, but it
1: bad he had to promote something and he, you didn't, know, he wasn't, but, didn't want to be there
0: exactly um, I, I mean you've done this you 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 always you know you're always up to date on all of their activities promoting what whatever whatever it is that they're trying to put out there, and, you know, like I said, I, I was always curious when you've done these interviews like this, if anybody has, you know, said, hey, these are the guidelines, because I know you don't like to follow that too much, but yeah. we do respect our guests here.
1: Yeah, I've had a couple of people <laughs> maybe say, uh, "You don't ask me about this, or yeah, I've had a couple of people like that, but the thing, uh, you know, that that basically happens is these people get interviewed quite a bit, especially the name players. And a lot of times they're interviewed by people who ask stupid questions or haven't done their research and and, uh, are obviously ignorant about a lot of the facts. So I try to do, if I'm going to get somebody and I haven't really done the research ahead of time, I try to take a couple of minutes, uh, go online and search out a couple of stories to look at real quick so that I know what I'm talking about. And uh, people like Mike Sexton have said, he said, "Wow, you, you really, you really know your stuff, you know, because he's he was not used to getting interviewed by someone who
0: knew the facts." Yeah, and listen, I I usually don't say a whole lot when Dave is doing interviews, you know, but the few times that I've been able to ask a poker question, I remember T.J. Cuvier, you know, I try to ask something that, and and you know, I I've gotten a positive uh, uh, feedback from almost everybody that I've asked. It hasn't been a whole bunch of people, but. You know, some of them I t- told you I need to ask this. Yeah, I right, remember right. Um, uh, the guy after Jamie Gold who won um, from San Francisco. Um, you know, if if when when he had his hand and I can't for the life of me for some reason I'm blanking out now. Main event winner um, Jerry Jerry Yang. Jerry, Yang, okay. yeah. When I asked him about the Jacks to the Queens in okay. a hand that came up in the main final table. And he gave such a great answer. I'm glad you said that because people didn't know yeah. this guy. I would already played this guy. I thought that was so good. It and made he you feel enjoyed. good. It, it, it that He did the question that you gave him. Because right. it also made me look at that scenario. Well, imagine, like me. Difference. That
1: happens all the time. So, so there
0: you go, no, buddy. Thank you for letting Anything. me get a taste of that. <laughs>
1: anyway, let's uh, get to our interview. We got sidetracked there a little bit. But let's get to our interview with Carlo uh, Rodriguez. Uh, can't forget the last name. No way. Uh, Carlo Rodriguez. Uh, and this was our uh, conversation that we had. He showed up a little bit late. Uh, he was the chip leader. He got there about uh, 40 minutes into the, the first round uh, of play. But a first break came just at the right time, and I was able to pull him aside, and we talked for a few minutes going into that. This was Carlo before day two. I'm with Carlo Rodriguez, a good friend of the show for uh, many years, and uh, he finds himself as the chip leader coming into day two. Now, a little bit of a late appearance here. Uh, is that strategy involved, or uh, you just had the kids uh, yeah. to get cleaned up and, and breakfast?
2: That's, that's uh, the, new, uh, the new arena I'm in with the two little ones, three-and-a-half, two-and-a-half. So I had stuff to do with them in the morning. No big deal since I was coming in as the chip leader, figure i stay out of trouble early and uh, just smooth into it.
1: Kind of a good thing. Twelve people already eliminated here. They came back with 161, and you're on uh, top the list. Uh, Kevin Ho right behind you, who I know just won one of the Escalator events. Uh, Phil Wee, who we know is a great player, and I'm, I'm sure plenty of names you recognize. Uh, what's, your, what's your thought coming in? You, know, you said you stay out of trouble early, but, you know, obviously you can push people around if you feel like it.
2: Yeah, so my strategy is to... Um use my stack I'm definitely not gonna try to ladder up at this stage I'm gonna use the advantage I have against the field I'm gonna I'm gonna be putting people to the test and if they want to play a big pot then we could play a big pot um, and that's gonna be my strategy I'm, I'm looking to win not looking to finish top 20 or anything like that it's not
1: just a, a solid cash but all the way to the top
2: yes and as we know that's where the money's at here <laughs> I've had enough uh, min cashes in my life
1: What do you you think about the concept of this whole thing? Obviously, it's something they probably wanted to do for a long time. Combine the two properties. uh, Obviously, a lot more players here than at Coconut Creek, but they contributed a pretty good field here today, too. And uh, it's got to be great for poker in this area.
2: Definitely, yeah. you got to give Tony a lot of credit and the folks at Coconut Creek a lot of credit for being creative and thinking outside the box. And what what it's created is a little bit of uh, competition between the two casinos, a bigger field, so more action. So we're sitting here on a regular weekend playing for sixty two thousand dollars in a two day tournament, which is excellent. So um, I cashed in their inaugural um, event um, that happened, and I tweeted about the just the excitement and how it was a great idea then. And I still, obvi- I think it's even better now that I'm the chip leader. <laughs>
1: Uh, a couple of months ago, you went to the Bahamas for uh, the big uh, Players' Championship down there with a platinum pass, and I couldn't help but think what a great situation that was for poker stars, having you be one of the ones who won. Now, there are a lot of people, 300 and some people, win on that, but you're a guy that's a very good player, but has a job and a family, so you don't play a tremendous amount, but here, you got a chance to play in a $25,000 tournament that you normally wouldn't play in and take the family and paid for.
2: Definitely, yeah. That was excellent. So I, I had never been to a PCA series. Probably would, wouldn't would have gone but for this path. So it was a great opportunity to get exposure. And now that I got that exposure, I want to go next year even. So I think for PokerStars, the advertising, the promotion was great because now I want to go back because I got to see the schedule and the rest of the events. And actually, um, after I unfortunately got knocked out of the 25K, I jumped into the very next event, which was, uh, I think, a 500 or 550, and was able to final table that and get fourth and bring home, like, 10 grand on the trip, plus... What they do is they take care of your hotel, they give you extra cash on your folio, right. so you, you have everything covered. And I know a lot of the pros like to complain about the expense over there, but I mean, come on. When you got someone like Bonimo complaining about the bathrooms being <laughs> tied up, it's like, really, that's what you're going to complain about?
1: He wants a private bathroom.
2: Yeah, really, he should just <laughs> buy one if
1: he wants one.
2: Um, so I thought it was great, I thought the prices were fair for a resort and for traveling to a, an island. And uh, I really enjoyed it, and my wife enjoyed it, and it was, yeah, it was a good family trip.
1: And how was the kids, uh, I mean, you stayed at Atlantis, right? So, you you know, they had all the amenities and the a facilities to just have a great time
2: yeah so the kids stayed back so last minute change oh, okay. they stayed back oh, okay we decided it would be less hectic and melissa had to get back after a few days as well so and they don't have their swimming lessons yet completed so we decided to keep them back so just me and melissa we did a uh, date date nights oh, over okay. there yeah excellent did the kids shirk their uh, swimming <laughs> responsibilities and it was kind of a punishment or no <laughs> no 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 not at all not at all we'll, we'll hopefully bring them soon
1: so you had a great time, and, and it was a great experience. Uh, obviously, uh, the huge name players showed up to play in this thing, not just the people on Platinum Passes, but all these people that bought in for $25,000. Uh, what was your experience like at your tables?
2: So I, I had um, Adrian Mateos, uh, two to my right, and... Uh... You know, very aggressive, very accomplished player. I mean, the last three years, you have to put him up there, maybe top five or something. He's one of the best, in my opinion. And I think there kind was of a, a, s- kind of a le-
1: Latino hero for you. Yeah, no?
2: yeah, definitely a root for him. Um, so um, I got to play with him, and I think I won three pots and he won one. So I got <laughs> the got better is- of him, but I unfortunately wasn't able to turn that into a, a deeper run. But yeah, I mean, the tables were stacked with pros and the other events, even the smaller side events, you had these big name players playing $500 tournaments, so it was great, it was great.
1: Well, I don't know what you do to to finance your poker because you have a full-time job and I wouldn't think you're out looking around for backers and that type of thing, maybe you do, I don't know, but, uh, you know, $25,000 event normally is not one that's in your price range.
2: Correct, correct, yeah, no, I... I've, ha- I've gotten staked a few times here and there, like when I've tried to go into bigger buy-ins. Like Last year, I did the main event at the World Series for the first okay. time, so I had um, you know maybe 30%. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm always willing to take a stake, and I think it's smart. Um, but I do have the fortune of having a good job, good full-time job, so I don't do this for the money, and I don't necessarily need the money for m- almost all of the buy-ins I play in.
1: What you do need the money for is future uh, bankrolling. Uh, what are your plans for Vegas this summer? I mean, win or lose here, if you can get a nice cash, a uh, five-figure cash, and it certainly will uh, go a long way to going out to the main event once again.
2: Yeah, for sure. So me and a few buddies have planned to go out um, that week of July, uh, June 22nd, okay. and we'll stay there for probably a good week. And uh, so many great events between that and the win and the Venetian and some of the other rooms. There's Amazing. just action morning and night. So we'll do that. I'll come back home. I'm gonna spend July 4th holiday with uh, my girls this year because I missed them last year. Um, I did make it to day two of the main event last year, so I, I unfortunately missed July 4th. So I don't want to miss that this year with them. And then um, if you know if if I do have some big success, then I could sort of change my schedule and go back or do something a little bit different. But right now, that's my plan. Okay,
1: just uh, closing things out, you're obviously one of our favorites on Poker Action Line over the years. Do you have advice for maybe some of our listeners on uh, uh, an up-and-coming young player uh, needs to do to get to the next level?
2: Yeah, for sure. So, um, I have found new success as of late and uh, because I had pretty good success early on. And I, I was able to come runner-up in a, in a three-way chop at the aisle main event for a 100K score pretty much and, uh, and then had a few other good scores. But then I came back down as far as results and I went through a one, two-year period where I wasn't getting the results I wanted and wasn't getting those big, deep runs. And what I did um, the last year or so, maybe even last six months or so, I just went back to the fundamentals, the blocking and tackling. So I would say... To the young players out there, or the ones that have a few years in, go back to the things that you learned at the beginning of the game, as far as position and bet sizing is critical. I think people underestimate bet sizing a lot, and um, stuff and, that made you successful. Yeah, in the beginning. So I've gone back to that, and uh, and just I think confidence is is big, and then when you have some success, uh, use that momentum. You know, try to play a few. Uh, events um, following that and try to move up in stakes possibly and then just have fun you know don't get stuck too much because in South Florida especially there's so much action you don't have to waste your whole bankroll one month or you know one week playing events and trying to chase because right around the corner there's a great value event that one of our rooms are going to hold so that would be my, my advice.
1: Although some people did play both obviously you had to sit out the battles at the beach over at the Isles. So, uh, you know, you got to make your choices now when you get successful, right?
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was able to play um, their um, 100k guarantee, 350 buy-in, okay. and I I went back for day two Monday, and I I think I got 23rd and. Some player just did an insane bluff on a a board that had uh, four diamonds on it. I had turned the diamond flush, but the river came another diamond, and I only had jack high, ace of diamonds was on the board, king and queen beat me. He had no diamond, no blocker, and just shipped 400,000 in, and me and him were the chip leaders, and um, I ended up folding, and I just couldn't recover after that hand, so um, looking here to have uh, more success than i did over there okay
1: well good luck today this table don't seem that tough so uh hopefully i'm gonna have to go to work but i'd like to come back and see you at the final table later tonight excellent let's okay. do it good luck thank you so that was our conversation uh as he headed into play during the day and uh you know he kind of had a plan and uh he executed it he did not hold the chip lead the entire day although he said he was doing well and uh Toward uh, the late afternoon, he lost some chips and uh, went down and uh, probably was at one point worried about hanging on to uh, uh, some decent prize money. obviously obviously it was already cashed, so uh, he was making more money as he went along. But uh, I did get back. They were down to 15 players. They started with 161 on the day, and he was still playing at the table. Uh, quickly, several people were eliminated, and they got down to 10 and combined to one table. And uh, eventually they chopped at the end, but uh, he hung on. Uh, he did not make the deal when it was first proposed. It was a good choice. Made an extra 13 grand on it, and. Uh, he talks about uh, how his daughter actually had a little accident and had some stitches while he was away, and he felt bad because he wasn't there to be with her. So he told her he was going
0: to win the trophy and bring it home for her, which oh, he did. Good for you, Carlo. That's, that's, that's a great thing to tell your daughters and then to come through with it. That's got to be fine. When they chopped, when they made that deal, they didn't leave any money for first place. They just chopped it and Correct. declared him the winner they would at that not, point.
1: They, the staff would not do that. They would not let them play for a little extra for the winner.
0: whoever got the top dollar was declared the winner of the tournament. Exactly. Good for him.
1: And uh, so I got a picture I'm going to show to you during the break. A little guitar trophy. Always have nice stuff. Trophies over there at the Hard Rock. Anyway, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll hear the second half. When I returned and watched him play down to a title, Uh, it was a chop, a five-way chop. But he had the most cash and did get that trophy, as Joe just mentioned. So we'll uh, take a break here. When we come back, we'll hear part two of our interview with Carlo Rodriguez.
0: This is Poker Action Live.
1: You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. The odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration, and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available. So, I'm a dog, and I just got adapted by this new human guy, and I'm starting to wonder how he got along without me. I mean, okay, something as simple as walking around the block. He's got this leash thing, and he puts me on one end and him on the other, and I'm just taking him around. I, I think he's afraid of getting lost. Without that leash and me guiding him along, I don't think he'd find his way back home. But It's kind of cute.
0: A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org.
1: And welcome back to the show, Big Dave and Joe. Uh, let's see, move to our interview. Uh, this was when I returned to the Seminole Hard Rock and probably watched for about an hour and a half of uh, play. Um, the chop was uh, rejected at first. They went on. Uh, one more player was eliminated. Uh, actually, two more players were eliminated, and then they finally made a deal. So uh, uh, Carlo ends up getting uh, top prize, $41,920, nearly 42000 And uh, we'll run down the results after. But this is our conversation uh, right before he received his cash and uh, the trophy. Eight hours later, here we are standing here again. And now you'll have the trophy handed to you very shortly. $41,000 later. uh, You told me you wanted to win the tournament. And basically you did. You did chop, but... Hey, you know sometimes you got to take a deal, especially when you got family at home.
2: Yeah, it was a great deal. I actually said no to a chop at five-handed when I would have been uh, six-handed. Yeah, yeah. At, yeah, sorry, six-handed. I would have gotten I think twenty-eight thousand. Yeah, think, around yeah. there. Um, so I said no. It was a big risk, uh, given that I could have gone out and only collected thirteen thousand. But I really wanted to play for my daughter today. That uh, had to get stitches during play, so it was tough. Really hurt a lot not being there for her. But I was just in such a prime position as the chip leader running deep through the tournament that I um, felt that I had to stick with it. And then what I told myself is just make it worth it and bring home the trophy, bring home a lot of money so we could go to Disney World. Is this like the tooth fairy? You put the trophy under a pillow tonight? <laughs> yeah, I... I um... You know, the kids don't forget when you tell them something. And um, I remember one day, too, not too long ago, telling her I was going to go get the trophy. And I didn't come back with it. And she asked me. She didn't forget. So um, it's going to be nice to actually bring it to her and then my second daughter, also Chloe. And, uh, you know, the money is going to be great. I mean, that's, you know, that'll be a nice boost for the year. And especially leading into now the WPT showdown here at the Hard Rock the world series of poker in vegas really excited about this score tell me about a couple of the hands that kind of
1: turned things around i mean basically by not chopping you made an extra thirteen thousand. so uh, that's first of all the best thing but there were a couple of hands there one you were holding six five suited and you flopped the straight yep. and you were able to hang in there and kind of string the player along next to you to the left of you to, to get a lot of his chips that was yeah. a big hand for you tell me yeah. about that
2: yeah, definitely. That was a big hand. You know, there's luck in this, so I got really fortunate to flop a straight, and then the board ran out pretty clean. It paired at the end, um, but I felt um, since he then re-raised and given the way the story and the line went, that I was pretty safe putting in uh, eight, nine 900,000. I think 900,000 uh, units bet at the end got called and was able to chip up nicely, but I think the the critical hand was before that where I raised with ace-10 pre-flop, got two callers, got involved in a big pot, uh, seat continued, bet the flop. Um, I forget what happened on the turn, and on the river they basically opened it up where I could um, possibly take a a shot at it. Uh, I think the flush draw didn't come in, and I basically shoved all in with ace-high, and I got two folds. And really propelled me to average back to average because you were
1: down at that point. Yeah, things were looking shaky. Yep, for sure. So, uh, were you saying to yourself, "Don't call, don't call, don't call"? (laughs)
2: For sure, my (laughs) heart was racing, and I I celebrated. You know, I I'm I'm one of those players that likes to celebrate the moments. You know, I like to have fun out here. I think celebration is is fine i know sometimes some players don't like it but
1: they think you're rubbing it in
2: oh maybe but i think some players enjoy the game and enjoy the the fact we're here grinding and if you're just going to be a frowning the whole time then Mm -hmm. better better off you know doing something else i think i want to go back to that one hand where you
1: flopped the straight again uh you got to feel confident that he doesn't put you on a straight obviously holding the six five so so you knew that if you know, if if you, if you got him to put his money in, that you were in pretty good shape.
2: Yeah, for sure. It was a very, it was a very um, undetectable uh, straight I flopped there, definitely.
1: There was another hand right after that. Um, I guess where you knocked the one fell out in seventh place. Uh, you got the deuce on the, t- the turn of the river that gave you a straight. But you had several outs. You could fill the straight several different ways. You had a flush draw uh you could have paired it up so you had several different things i think you said seven nine or a deuce i need or heart, yeah i know heart. that
2: so what happened there is um i had uh, nine five of hearts uh and on the flop i flopped a flush draw i let out got um called and then on the turn i sized it so i wouldn't get bet off the pot i was basically committed because i turned an open-ended straight draw as well okay. so I had the flush draw with the open ended and um I had him covered and I basically was going with it turns out he had top pair he didn't fold um he um I'm sorry he shoved all in and then I had to make a call knowing I was behind but I had um what was it? I had at that point. I had probably six or eight outs, right? I think I had 15 oh, outs. Oh, that many outs. Okay. Yeah, I had a ton because I, you know, I was still, oh, so I you, was still only 35 flush. percent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I had 15 outs with the, with because he wasn't holding any, he didn't have any blockers either to any of my outs, so that was nice. So you came in
1: as the chip leader today. There was a couple of really good players. We talked about this earlier. And did you feel that you played well to, uh, to hang on to that lead, even though you did go down
2: in chips for a while, which is normal to happen. But were you happy with the way you played today? Oh, definitely. I kept the pressure on, and I, you know, I I was chip leader a good amount of the day today, but late in the day I lost it. Then I, you know, got back to average a few times. But, uh, man, it's not easy to go wire to wire when you have 160,000, 160 players coming back. You know, you have so many chips in play. Um, I tweeted out, at Florida all in um wire to wire let's do it and i was able to come through i i bagged flight a as the chip leader the first flight of this tournament and i end uh with the chip lead um at, at the time of chop i had one third of the chips in play so probably should have declined the chop again but i said <laughs> let's just go home uh one last thing this is an older woman at the table i think her name
1: is jennifer um she was the chip leader for much of this final table here yeah uh, certainly held her own and a lot of people would look at her and say uh you know we'll get her out yeah she did get some fortunate on a couple of rivered flushes yeah for sure but uh you have to respect the way she played today really
2: no she played excellent she um she i was i was at her initial table actually at the start this oh, wow, morning wow. yeah okay. so she got went all in with king jack pretty pretty um confident and was able to get a double up, which most people will, would fold king jack there. And then again later, you know, later in the tournament we were at another table together, and again she went all in with king jack pretty confidently and was able to hit again and double up. So I, I saw her for most of the day today, and she played strong. She obviously got very lucky, but she was very sticky and aggressive. She called me down a couple streets and was able to hit a flush with Queen 7 of hearts. So I, I thought that was pretty aggressive, but it worked out for her. And okay. she was able to, to okay, close it out. They're coming to bring you money, so I'll let you go. Okay, great. Thanks, man. Man. Thank you. Okay.
1: Kind of an abrupt ending there, but, uh, hey, when you when the cash is there, you know, you're not going to hold him any longer.
0: Yeah, you definitely
1: got to let him go get his cash,
0: but that was pretty interesting, um, you know. Any
1: thoughts on some of those hands uh, that well, he was making? Well, to decision? be honest with you. Can't you can't always tell everything I, I, well, from
0: it, but. you know, he didn't mention, because, you know, wh- when you were asking him outs, I was mouthing to you, he had a lot of outs. Yeah, uh, you mentioned six outs.
1: Well, uh, I said six or eight, I, I, uh, but you, he, had, yeah. he had all the, the other hearts well, that were but, uh, Well, see, as outs, uh,
0: he he had the flush, right? So, and I don't know if his nine, uh, you know, because he said he had the five nine. So, I would imagine. Yeah, am trying to think how it was out there because he said a deuce seven. I think
1: the flop was like eight six four or something. Okay. Or 8 8-6. Eight, eight, eight? No, no, it had to be. No, eight six four. I
0: think. It had to be 8-6-4. Eight yeah, eight, six, six, and then he there, had was the a five. Three, there was a 3 on the turn. The 3 turn. came on the turn, so he had a flush draw. So now the deuce gives him the straight to the 6, which is what he caught to win. Right. The 7 gives him the... The, the higher straight. The nut straight yeah. you know, at that point. Okay um and a heart gave him a and flush then there, the so. heart heart any heart i guess gives it gives i think it the two is a heart by the way so so you figure you got four sevens four deuces but now that takes away two hearts from your from your hand right and three nines so what are we looking at nine yeah he had at least 15 outs yeah. now if the nine would have given him the hand also meaning if he paired that nine it was bigger pair than what was on the board so if the guy had top pair it was an eight so the 9 would have given it to him. Yeah, he had at least 15 outs. Right. Yeah, it's,
1: uh, he made some good decisions, uh, definitely. Well, listen, uh, you, know. you
0: have to make these decisions in the tournament. I would have loved to have gotten more information from that 6'5 hand. Because did he call? Did he raise with it, and then get called by the guy? He didn't give any information other than he flopped the straight. Yeah, and then you know I don't know what he how let, the board came they, out. I think
1: he let out both the turn and the river, and it was called.
0: Okay, so he didn't string because you mentioned he strung the guy along. If right. you're stringing the guy along, yeah. you're waiting for him to make a bet, and you're just you're just you know a smooth calling the person. And again, not knowing how that did the flop come two three four you know uh 789 you know th- th- you know the flop came uh let's see it do was you remember? a 7 could it have
1: 743
0: 3 so okay so you hit right in the middle it's beautiful no
1: oh, i take okay. it back 874
0: 874 which at that point is the nut but like he mentioned there it, the board came clean because now you know a 6 comes a five comes. Now it's a one card straight. Maybe your opponent. Pending the turn was a
1: king, so that, that was then, good for And then, then one of the
0: now, to be honest with you, if his opponent was just calling, pairing on the river, to me would have been the best thing possible for him in the sense that maybe it gave your your opponent trips, and and he's going to push thinking that that was good right, enough. Exactly. I would imagine his opponent may have also had in this particular case an eight had top pair on the flop and just didn't believe him when whatever card paired on the river, right. but he didn't say which one it was. Right, so. exactly.
1: Okay, well, uh, it was an interesting tournament. He's a good guy, and, uh, you know, we wish him all the best. Uh, I always felt like he, you know, in talking with him, that that he was going to be a guy coming along. He went to the World Series last year for the main event and uh, did not... Uh, I think made it today too, maybe there as well at, uh, at the sorry. World Series. But okay,
0: uh, has yep. he had any significant cashes over there at the World Series? I don't
1: believe so. No. So well,
0: maybe this will propel yeah. him. You know, listen. You know, when you run good, I and mean, one he's of these a lawyer. Sports, he has a full-time job. Oh, so this. His, so this is not his, <laughs> his. He has
1: two small children, three and a half, two and a half, two girls. And you know, poker is like a, more of a hobby for him. But uh, you know, he. The thing I like about him is. He's always been very friendly, and he gets it as far as poker media goes, like a lot of people they think you're going to embarrass them, they don't like oh. though they're not proud of the way they speak or uh you know if they're very articulate or not i mean here's a guy, smart guy uh knows the benefits of getting
0: some media he, coverage. you know what I tell people I go, he's not mad at the world right, even though he's having you know great some people are just mad at the world, miserable at themselves. No matter how successful they are, and again, if it's if it's due to mental issues, then I apologize to anybody who's in that particular case because I'm blessed that I'm I'm not in that case. But you know, when he said I like to have fun at the table, I wouldn't have expected anything else because he I think he really enjoyed talking to you about that interview. Right,
1: and uh, most of the people I talk with in poker are intelligent and are pretty articulate, and I, I see a lot of people that I know. They would be great sitting in on some sort of broadcast and analyzing the action. Chris Bolick was a perfect example. Uh, Chris is very laid back, and he's not the kind that would push himself out there. He's been in our studio. But if he's been out there, uh, you know, sitting in a Nick Nick Schulman chair next to Dave Tuckman, I think he would do a tremendous job. And I think Carlo uh, fits into that as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, you know... I don't know what Chris's education status is, but as an attorney, you know you got to be pretty smart to pass the yeah, board, to absolutely. pass law school. You know, uh, these are people that are confident. Obviously, speaking, know know the game of poker. Right. Chris Bullock's part. I mean, when he had him on the show, shortly thereafter is when he won that big amount of money, and then, you know, came back about a month later and won doubled that amount of money.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's about gonna do it really for our show. I did want to mention one last thing. The World Poker Tour season, it, I mentioned it was ending, uh, but the T V season just beginning. It premieres this Sunday, uh, on uh I guess that would be uh April I don't know. April the fir- April the eighth, no, April the seventh, something like that. But, but uh that kicks off and it's gonna have uh, you know, some interesting things with this new uh HyperX Theater there. It's going to have some really nice backdrops. It's going to be the production value is shot way up. Uh, They're going to have a special uh, challenge, uh, Club WPT Challenge, the Champs, with Mike Sexton, Scotty Wynn, Darren Elias uh, taking on some members of the public. And there will be some pretty uh, interesting things. It's going to be Sunday nights on Fox Sports Regional Networks. Uh, Could be anywhere from 8 to 11. It might be different times each week. But uh, check your local listings, as they say. So uh, that's going to do it for the program. Joe, thank you as well, as usual, for all the stuff. Our thanks to Carlo for giving us his time at the tournament. Congratulations on a nice payday and a trophy for his daughter. And uh, we will uh, talk with him, I'm sure, down the line. Gio, thank you as well for all your stuff on the show. And we will be back with another program next week on Poker Action Line. We'll see you then here. Good luck at the tables.